Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to today's World on the World Cup Man on the Post podcast. Um, I'm your host Adam, and I'm joined by Jared. How you doing? Yeah, not, um, not so well after Germany. We can go into that. We can go into right. that. No spoilers. No spoilers. And I mean, whoever's watching this to get their sort of scores and information, or listening to this, sorry, to get their scores and information, has got bigger problems. But yeah. let's <laughs> let's try and refer. <laughs> we're afraid from any early spoilers, anyway. And I'm also joined by Nathan. How are you, Nathan? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. So I think between us, we've got a lot of today covered. Um, Ten AM started off a little bit, a little bit drab with uh, Morocco nil, Croatia nil. Uh, wow, you've definitely seen it, Nathan. What, what are you? What were your thoughts on this uh, early morning affair? Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I missed the first five minutes. And I flicked it on, um, and I started seeing some of the names pop up for Morocco, like Zajac and. Um, Boothful and a few others. I thought Hakimi. they've got a team. These lads, yeah. aren't they? I was like, yeah. they've got a team. Yeah. Um, I think today, um, just covering covering all the games today and looking back, the key the key tactic this that this woke up. Sorry, it seems to be pressing. Um, team teams that are pressing seem to be enjoying the lion's share of the game, and I thought Morocco did that really well for the first sort of eighty minutes, and then you could tell that they put a bit too much into it. And Croatia started having a couple of chances, but I think other than that, the less said about that game, the better. To be honest with you, it was. I think Gerard pretty much sums it up. To be honest, yeah, Croatia. Croatia probably had the better of the chances, but when I watched, I watched. Like I said, I kind of had it on this morning. It kind of became a little bit background noise yeah. for for me, and then I so like as preparation for this, just about twenty minutes ago, I was flicking through the highlights, and I was like, oh, I actually think. Croatia's best chance, well, the game's best chance was probably uh, Perisic's attempt from like forty-five yards. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree. Um, what do you think about that that comment about the pressing, Jared? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd see. I only saw the highlights as well. Um, but I th- oh, you mean about the pressing in general? Yeah. yeah. In, in... Um, I think. It depends on who you're playing against. I mean, you've got some teams who they're not going to pull out the back as much. So, you know, the pressing's not as um, lethal against them. But I think in terms of if you're you're a lesser team or if, if you've got the energy levels to sustain it, I think. I think that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I, I think from what you, uh, you alluded to a little bit there, Nathan, was that I think that some of the the better pressing that we've seen from some of the, like you said, some of the, 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 for want of a better term, lesser, t- lowering ranking teams. There we go. Yeah. Um, it's been fantastic until it's fallen off. And then. Yeah. And then you see the gaps. And yeah. Then, then like that's when you start to see the quality, you know, Mod- Modric, for example, you know, was starting to 
fizz the ball around a little bit. He was starting to find pockets of space. And you could see that, you know, even going back to sort of the Saudi Arabia Argentina game, towards the end of that game when Saudi Arabia started falling off. Yeah. That's when the chances started coming. Well, I think also the other example would be as we spoke about on Monday's pod in the Wales game was yeah. America. They pressed sort of relentlessly in that first half. Wales wouldn't way off it Wales also made some chances some changes sort of tactically a little bit went with Kiefer Moore went with a bit more of a focal point but also that coincided with America's press falling off and yeah. um, I think the point the question that Dave asked when we were in that is that sort of like no England fan is sort of after watching that thinking oh shit this we're not going to be able to deal with this because they can't keep up anyway. So even if we can't deal with it for a period of time, it's not going to be a, a forever problem in the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think another good point you just made there is is when Wales brought on Kiefer Moore and they had a focal point. Something else I've noticed in today's games. Yeah, teams that are playing with a number nine, a, 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 an actual number nine, seems to be having a bit more joy as well because they've got an end product. Uh, uh, I think I think the only team that have booked that trend today would be Spain. Obviously, we'll come on to that later on. I assume. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I've, I've put it off enough for you, Jared. I've put it off as long as we can, but Mor- Morocco Croatia gave us nothing to talk about, so we're going to have to move on to to Germany one, Japan two. Um, yeah. do you, are you just gonna? We're just gonna leave you to monologue. <laughs> you, you can if you want. So it's just. Um, I'll just. I'll just say what I th- I think about the team at the moment. I just think we just don't. They don't. We don't really look like. We, we we just looked nervy. I think it looked as if we'd carried the the weight of the nation trying to get a win. And after the last World Cup, it's sort of all built up to this one game. And it's like, if you lose this, it's almost like you've almost already lost the World Cup and you're already out. And you yeah. can sort of see the players didn't want to, like we'd get to the edge of the box and we just, it's almost the same as the last World Cup, just didn't have that, that person to create something other than Musiala. I thought he played really well um but just other than that I just we didn't we didn't look like we wanted anything I mean Gundogan said we didn't we we just didn't look convincing and I think that sort of summed up the performance just didn't look just didn't look like a convincing Germany side um yeah I that, that feels feels very fair to me I'm I was I looked at the the team sheet at the beginning of the game initially and thought again a little bit like um, Jared was saying about Morocco but with maybe a slightly less shock is that uh, not only is this Germany squad decent and got some they've got some players they've got some they've got it's it's that step above they've got some world-class players all over the place here um and thought oh they could be they could be seriously dangerous um Sule at right back is maybe doesn't feel very very progressive. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, or if you, what your particular qualms with the the. Are, were there any qualms with selection? I think Sulite. I mean, I think he was he was at fault for for one of the goals, and I don't I don't know whether it was a choice on set pieces, like maybe getting more height with him in there. Yeah, right back he may not be needed as much, so you can use him in set pieces. But he just he didn't look comfortable. I think. He he didn't ever want to go forward, and when we went back, Japan could just press on him and then force the ball back and then create a lot of pressure. It just I, 
that was a that was an odd choice. Um, Nathan, Nathan, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, got got a few thoughts on this one. Really, um, I thought fair play to Japan. They yeah. they came and they attacked. They weren't scared. Um, they showed a bit of respect, but then as soon as they knew that they were in the game, they went for it. So yeah. for that. I thought uh, that Japan were a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. <laughs> Jared just nodding sort of <laughs> quietly. Yeah, I just thought that they I just thought that they were a refreshing sort of just it was almost they almost play a unique brand of of football and it, it made me think back to I don't know if either of you are rugby union fans but it made me think back to when they were shocking teams in the rugby world cup because yes they just yep. throw the ball around and they play yep. a different style of rugby in the same way that this was just it seemed very it seemed very japanese in style to me it's a lot of work rate a lot of like team cohesion yep. um as traits that you think of when you think of the japanese people and culture but i just i thought japan were a refreshing bit of fun um but I also cut, cut you off there, Nathan, to carry on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said there. They were, they were, they were fun to watch. They give it a go. Um, I think from Jeremy's point of view, I think Jared made a really good point where you could you could sense and feel the pressure that the players were under to get a result. And it kind of felt like it was holding them back, like they were playing not to lose. Like, you know, bottom line was don't lose the game. Do not lose this game. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to kick off, basically. I thought... The other thing that shocked me as well was the wing the wing backs that they were playing really high. I thought that was a problem in the Euros. I thought that's something that you know I'm not it's not great to bring it up, but I thought that's something that Southgate capitalised on when England when England beat him in the Euros was we'd seen that the wing backs were playing really high and we exploited that, and it felt like the exact same issue again this time around. That's you could see that Juan, uh, Japan's um, out ball every time was get it out wide and run as quick as you can. Yeah, definitely. Um, I th- I think it's just it's the drawback of the the system that Hansi Flick and Germany have usually played. It's on the counter, just so weak. But then you sort of bank on the fact that you're gonna you're gonna score. But we we sort of we just I think we lack a target man as well. Just absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it was crying out for a Marisov closer, someone just to yeah. get them little. Them little knocks. He was always there when he he was always there when it was like a, a, a horrible rebound. It was closer. He just nestled it in bottom corner. Yeah, and I think we had that Folkrug who came on. I thought he looked good when he came on, just winning the first header, getting it down. But five minutes yeah. or nine minutes to to change the game is going to be going to be very difficult. Yeah. Um. If the if the this game was a game that was affected from the German side in a mentality situation with a pressure and not wanting to lose it, but they've lost it now, that's only going to massively exacerbate the problem. Yeah. How is that going to go? Well, I, th- I, th- I saw Hansi Flick after the game said, look, we, we've lost the first game. It's not what you want to do. But he said, we just have to go beat Spain now. And I think... I almost feel that it might be. Well, well, what I'm hoping is that you know it's a big team. It's such a big game that they they come out and just go. You know what? Lose this. Is we're it, out. Is it so Spain next? Spain's next. Then right. I think think we're after the Costa Costa Rica versus Japan game. 
So right, so you could you could literally be in a position where you lose this and you're out. Yeah, and I think that might be like, look, you you have to you have to turn up now. And if, and if you don't, then that, I think that then you deserve to go out. If you can't, if we can't beat Spain at this point, then I don't think we're gonna. I, I don't. I, I never thought we we're going to be challenging for the World Cup anyway. Yeah, I, I hope that we'd we'd at least get out of the group. But I mean, I think Japan, Japan were always going to be a team that. You know you're gonna dom- you're probably gonna dominate the game, but they're gonna they're gonna stick with it and try and fight it out. And they did that exactly that. That's something that I wanted to say is sort of like um, Germany had lots of chances, especially in the first half, and just didn't didn't take take them after the the penalty, which um, Japan gave away quite weakly. Yeah. Um, a, a definite penalty, just a bit weak. Um, you, you naive from from the, the Japanese keeper, um, and it, it really was one of those games from from my perspective where you had that sense of sort of like that uh, paying the price for not finishing it off when you had the chance. You had the the chance to put the probably put that game to bed at halftime, but when you went in one nil, um, for my money, Japan. This wasn't a a hit and like a. Uh, a hit and grab. hope and a smash and grab. That's yeah. the phrase I'm looking for. Japan, I think, were relatively good value for for this. They had other good chances that they didn't. It's not like they took their two good chances, yeah, and, and got away with it. Um, finally, we'll let well we won't won't draw on this too long. My final question to the to the Germany fan is: uh, How do we feel about um, Manuel Neuer for that second goal? It's hit. It's hit hard. I don't have any problem with it being beaten at his near post, but I just feel that like he doesn't really make an effort to stand up enough or go out. I don't know. I, I, it I, I feels a bit actually, weak to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think he did. He covered himself in glory there, but I actually don't think the mistakes there. I think it's earlier on. Oh, the, yeah, because we, you know, the line is is flat, and I think this is where Sula playing fullback doesn't work because he's almost had a centre-back instinct to go, and I need to cover my man here. But you've got Rudiger yeah. in the middle who's faster than him, who's going to get there first. He's dropped, and it's completely left Schlotterbecker and Rudiger thinking, this man's offside, we'll leave him. He's got yeah. him on, and then Schlotterbecker's in a foot race, and it looks like it's his man. And then, and then, as you said, Neuer. It's, it's difficult. I mean, he, he probably should have come out, but he's quite... I feel like sometimes he's very confident in his abilities and he sort of feels that if it goes in, it's not my fault anyway or I've got, I'm have got i good enough to stop it. And, it, I mean, it was, a, it was a very good finish as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll leave it there for you. I don't want to stick the knife in too far. Uh, but, although Spain kind of did that a little bit for you because the, the other game in Group E uh, following this was Spain 7, Costa Rica 0. Um, goals from Daniel Mayo, Marcus Asensio, two from Fernando Torres, one from Gavi, one from Solo, one from Morata. And when that Morata goal went in, it made me think a little bit. <laughs> sorry, Jared. It made me think a little bit to the the um, the song the England fans sing about five one even Heskey scored, and I was thinking a seven nil even Morata scored. Yeah. Um, Spain were absolutely. I watched the first half of this, and then I had to to go um so i've seen the first half and i've seen the goals you guys have seen but all of it um for me spain were absolutely mesmerizing 
um, uh, I've got a um, a long held and well documented um, love of Tiki Taka anyway. So this was, but this was just a team that I think were operating on the highest the the highest level and sort of really making a claim to be a really dominant force in this World Cup. Gary Neville laughably said that um, he thought that this Spain team, when they the, they were talking about the team before the game, lacked goals. Well, that's not yeah. gone well for him. <laughs> um, and I think that we probably saw, I think, two goals that were being the running for goal of the tournament. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the, the Danny Elmer goal, I thought, was fantastic. The, the little almost Bergkamp-esque spin and, yeah. and finish. But then the Gavi goal is even better. Yeah. Um, the ball gets cut back to him, doesn't it? And he, uh, on the outside of his boot for a gap, hits the post, like posting in. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, the reason I think the Spain has stuck the knife in here is because, like you said, Germany, if Germany want to get out of this group, they need to beat Spain. Um, there's every, there's, it's not inconceivable that everyone's going to thrash or beat Costa Rica. And six points is going to, going to be the thing and uh, a goal difference that starts with plus seven after one game is going to be a, well, almost an extra point for Spain here isn't it? Yeah it's massive it's massive for Spain um, I mean Spain did what Spain do you know I don't think any of us thought that Spain weren't going to do what they did Well not- what I would say to that before, before I, I come back to what I want to say is Spain did exactly what they did what Spain do in terms of style yeah. but if I think back to Spain in 2010 when they actually won the World Cup, is that that Spain was a Spain that was nil-nil at halftime, one-nil full-time because they just absolutely killed you with the passing, and it was it was a situation where the tiki-taka took time to take an effect because it, you ended up with a team, an opposition that was mentally and physically drained, yeah. and then they'd they'd finish something. What Spain don't do is win games seven nil in my mind. No, yeah, no, I, I, I get that, but I just think that, and and this might be harsh, but that was possibly the worst performance I've ever seen in a football game by any team. I'm not even talking internationals here. I'm talking of all time from Costa Rica. They offered literally no resistance whatsoever. Now I know you can only beat what's put in front of you, and Spain showed the world how to do that. How how to dismantle a team who were offering nothing? It was like a training game, um, and I yeah. think going back to two thousand and ten, they had players like Ramos, Puyol, PK. They had that back line that was so solid they could go to nil nil and nick it one nil. Whereas now I don't think it's as good. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. You know that back line is still very very good. Um, I mean, Aspilicueta and Rodri is maybe. <laughs> Yeah, Rodri may be the exception there, and as is getting on, but I still, I still think he's a, he's 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 one of them players in a team of technical players who's got that grit. He, he's the player you look to to put a big tackle in. You know, I can't can't see many of the midfield players, you know, being up for that. Apart from maybe Busquets, who's probably the most famous player in the world for putting in tackles like that. But um, I don't, I actually don't think that Aspilicueta would have started as well if um, Carvajal hadn't been sick. Yeah, that was really strange. That wasn't it? it was a bit of a bit of mystery around that, wasn't it? Blaming the aircon or something before the game. I saw, yeah, saying that the the, the aircon had, had played havoc with Carvajal and uh, the other lad who didn't start. I was like, okay, that's a bit. 
is that true or yeah. has something gone on you know or maybe i'm reading maybe I, I want the conspiracy a bit too much you know but but no all, all credit to spain they, they did what they should have done but for me costa rica that was that was so poor imagine being a costa rica fan tonight you know all right you're not expecting to win that game let's be fair but you know show a bit of pride you know you're at a world cup show yourself off you know yeah, you know, give them something to 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 try and get behind. Yeah, they, they didn't even um, they didn't even have a shot. I mean, Spain Spain's seven seven shots on target scored all seven. I mean, Spain actually had less shots than Germany in their game. But that's, they just, that's amazing. You've got to be is that to... is that the straw you're clutching to? Is I was about to ask you uh, to, to to dissect that Spain Spain performance and tell me how you can see <laughs> Germany winning. And that's the one we're going with, is it? No, I, I, I don't even know what the Spain defence looks like, considering that Costa Rica, I don't even think they got in there the half that much. But I, I, 82% possession for Spain. Yeah. Just got the stats in front of me here. 17 shots, none to, Croatia, none to, none to Costa Rica. Eight on target, so only one of them didn't go in. Okay, yeah. That's unbelievable. That, that's shocking. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think Germany had... Something like twenty five. So, I mean, it's it's. I, th- I think it's just we Spain have that quality in front of goal. I think you, you know Torres is he's, he's he can play as a a number nine. He's he's got good goalscoring ability. Asensio, Olmo, Morata. Morata. I think also when he came on, that finish is is still an unbelievable finish. Just a yeah, yeah. First time hit that. Yeah, it was a really good goal. I think that's so in Germany. Germany just lacking. You just that that quality in front of goal. It just it's not there. I completely get what Adam said before about Morata. You know about the the, the Heskey comment, but I think that, when Morata gets a hard a hard line, he, I'm not comparing does. him. I'm he not does. actually comparing him to Emil Heskey. <laughs> no, no, he's, but but you can you can see why. But but that could be huge for Morata. That that genuinely could be a massive, you know. Sort of monkey off his back. He can, yeah, especially a fast start for him because absolutely. I think he's had the opposite of that. Um, I think with was it Enrique in the was it in the Euros when yeah he wasn't scoring and Luis Enrique was actually coming out and saying oh, he's the first name on the team sheet. I yeah. I pick I pick ten players um, and Alvaro Morata and yeah, so yeah, I th- I think I agree with you, Jared. I think that um sorry Nathan, um I think that is important. Um. Uh, just one thing. Sorry, I had it in my notes. I wanted to go back to it because I missed it. Because I think that lots of we've we on this po- on the collection of podcasts we spent a lot of time making uh, important, trying to bring up important points and statements about this. And what I don't, what I don't want to do is get into a situation where we get swept up in the football. And, and I have have done that myself. And we've I wanted to talk about. The uh, the Germany protest before yeah. the yeah. before the game with them covering their mouths. Um, I mean, I don't. None, none of us are going to come out. This isn't going to be sort of like we haven't got a Piers Morgan esque person on the pod to come out and on <laughs> with a terrible opinion and, and and come against it. But is this is a step further than because I was I've become quite critical of England's response um on monday i'm willing to uh, over time i've decided i'm willing to cut them a bit of slack in the fact that they had so little time to react and maybe come up with a decision 
But as a point that was made by Ian Wright on whichever game he was on, I don't know. We all probably watched it. He was on one of the games this afternoon, I think, and he said about I think probably about probably the Germany game, and he said there's there's no protest without risk. And I was quite disappointed with England saying that like your principles fall apart at the 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 very sort of notion of being shown a yellow card. Yeah. Um well, this is a is this a halfway house? I don't want to overly criticize the players, but they still could have done it. I think I think it's, all right, I'll, I'll go controversial. I'll be the controversial one. Yeah, um, we'll let, we'll we'll make it clear you're playing devil's advocate for us. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I will I will I will take one for the team and I'll play devil's advocate. Could, one of the, one of the, I saw an interview before the tournament with one of the Qatari people. He had something to do with the World Cup. I don't think he was in charge, but he was you know part of the the organization and what have you. Um, and he said he said on camera to to, to this reporter. Um, he said, "You are guests in our country, and, and we welcome you into our country. But by the same token, we we ask you to respect our our traditions and our beliefs." And for a split second, I sat there and thought, "If this World Cup was being played in the UK, if it was like you know joint bid, which is obviously in the pipeline, we would ask the same thing." But then, when you actually sit back and actually look into what they are asking you to can you know, not. They're not asking you to agree with it, are they? They're not saying, you know, you have to agree with it. They're saying they want you to respect it. But I, I just think that that's such a, a bad message. And then on the back of that, FIFA have been so poor with standing up to it. It's You know, FIFA have been giving it, you know, the big one about this is a World Cup for everybody. We want everyone to be included. And not at any stage up to now have they backed that up in the slightest. Not even... Not even given all the, you know, all the protesting and the one love um, bands. Not even just that side of it. The, you know, you look at the the beer not being sold, and Budweiser pulling out. You know, FIFA didn't even didn't even try and stop that. You know, certainly I've not seen anything in the media to, to suggest that they even tried to put up a fight for that. And I just I just think FIFA have been so weak, and the teams are so scared of the repercussions of what FIFA will do. Well, uh, there was an interview, as you say, that I watched, um, admittedly only a clip from the press conference, but of um, Jan Vertonghen talking before the Belgian game, saying pretty much exactly that, saying, I don't want to, I don't want to talk because I don't, I'm scared of talking and essentially silence. I think that now we've moved beyond a sort of a debate around um, the rights and wrongs of any sort of uh, uh, discrimination against the LGBT community, um, because I don't, there's no debate to be had there. No. Um, and ironically, those sort of right wing, right wing crackpots like Piers Morgan should be all for this because this is now a a debate more about free speech, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it like you say, it's become bigger than what the original issue was. Don't get me wrong, the original issue with the LGBT community is 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 absolutely shocking. You know, nobody should go to a game and not feel safe, not feel you know included. It that that shouldn't happen. That's that's ridiculous. And the fact that FIFA are just completely they're almost turning a blind eye to it. They're just they're just going along with it. It's like right, well, everything that you've said in the build up to this World Cup is a complete lie. And how anyone can now 
follow you in into this debate is is no one's going to you. The, the FIFA have completely isolated themselves in this. It's it's so bad. Yeah. And for, going back to the original comment, third player to Germany. I think that's the the, the where I'm going to fall at. I'm going to say that yeah, something is better than nothing, and this Absolutely. does this does show at least some solidarity and support. Um, with that, just quickly, Jared, I don't know how connected you are if, with any reaction to this in Germany. Um, n- n- only on like social media. I've, I didn't yeah. see that a lot of the the players and fans are sort of like I did see especially with the the team on social media they're saying they they're annoyed about the one love thing and they were looking for a, for a way to do it and obviously not get any repercussions because that that's a big thing you don't know what you're going to get like I think the Harry Kane thing they said it could have even been a game ban you they don't know yeah how can just choose well that yeah as Nathan said about sort of like the weakness around FIFA um and how Qatar the Qatar World Cup uh, the Qatar organizing committee pulled the leash and FIFA fall into line is like you don't know yeah exactly that yeah um okay well like we said fair play to Germany let's get get back to a little bit of football the final game today Belgium won Canada nil um I'll say it, Belgium are awful, right? Yeah, totally agree <laughs> with that. Um, and uh, what well, in a, in a diff- different WhatsApp group, I mean, I I saw um, a comment that suggested that Canada couldn't finish their dinner if it was put right in front of them. I, yeah. I would agree with that as well. <laughs> Literally <laughs> um, sums up the game. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, uh, Twenty-two shots Canada had, three on target. Um, such a huge moment for Canadian football. Um, but if they could have just taken some, one of those chances. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the penalty that they had, I think that's probably the one keeper you probably wouldn't want a penalty against. If it's going to be a first world cup. Got yeah. Caught twice. I saw it and I just thought he's, he literally feels that goal. Like you just feel like you've got nowhere to go. Yeah, I thought that Alfonso Davis looked nervous, and I didn't fancy him. I I, I said exactly the same. I did not Granted, I was I was still out and came back, and I watched the second half of this. So when I watched it, I was watching a replay when I knew he was going to miss it. <laughs> but, so it's very easy for in hindsight for me to say he doesn't look like he's going to score this, but he didn't look like he was going to score it, and that no. that's not a great penalty. No, it's not. That you know, as good as Courtois is, and I agree with what Jared said. He looked enormous in them goals. Um, the penalty was a shocker. Yeah. And was, I've only, again, I, I had to catch the, the replay on the post-match before we were on here so I could at least see some of it. Is does Alfonso, is Alfonso Davis the one who plays Batshuayi on? Because um, I paused well, it a couple of times trying to see, because he looked offside to me. I'd have to watch that back, but that's, yeah, a, that's a great yeah. spot if it is. Um... I so yeah, the, their biggest really... player might have had might have had the two telling negative impacts for his team there. Yeah, Absolutely, I think, yeah. But I, I, I must admit, he was. I've not seen much of him. I've, I've heard all the hype. I have. I haven't seen much of him um, as an Arsenal fan. We're not invited to the uh, Champions League, so I don't get to see him much anymore. Um, but he looked really, really good. I was very impressed with him. Um, just unfortunate that his two biggest moments in the match ended up kind of deciding the uh, the yeah. result, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought 
I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he, just, he looked he looked like the best player on the pitch. Yeah, he, he was running everything for for Canada and just he just went past Belgian players like like they weren't they weren't even there. It was um, yeah, I thought it was a very good performance from him. Yeah, yeah, and 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 on that note of going past Belgian players like they weren't even there. Wow, like just I, I you look at the names on that team sheet and you think yeah these guys should be going deep into this tournament and. Yeah. They looked old. They looked like they did not played for a long time. And you think, well, you you know, you should be in your prime, given that we're fourteen games into a season. And they looked yeah, really bad. I was thinking that. I was thinking back to comments that um, we made on the preview pod where we talked about this being sort of like a last last chance saloon for G- Belgium's gem, um, golden generation. And then I looked at it again, and I thought. Maybe that's already gone, and this is this is a tournament too far for them. Yeah, it certainly looked like that. It certainly looked like that. Kevin De Bruyne looked like he was playing a different sport to the rest of his teams, the rest of his teammates. Sorry, like just the contempt that he was looking at Batshuayi with at times. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Batshuayi, other than his goal, I, I he just I didn't think he added that much to them, especially as how he's playing as a focal point. Mm. I mean. Lukaku there is completely different than a Batshuayi there for yeah. Yeah. De, De Bruyne. He just so many times he'd passed Batshuayi the ball. He had like a shot on the edge of the box, and you could just see De Bruyne thinking, "You run onto that, or just just do something other than get blocked." There was there was a moment in the game where not just De Bruyne, it looked like every Belgian player was looking at Batshuayi, thinking, "Why are you here?" You know <laughs> why? What? What has Roberto Martinez said in you to bring you along to this tournament? Because I was, I was, there was a bit of play in the middle of the park. It, you know, a bit of the pace had dropped out. It was a quiet moment in the game, and I was looking at how Belgium were set up, and they had four four players stood on the shoulder of the Canadian defence, waiting because they were hitting that long ball all day long, which was yeah, yeah. which was telling for me. Um, but they had four players stood there. And I'm looking. I'm thinking. I can't. I can't see much right here. Well, you know, where is he stood? He must have been fifteen to twenty yards offside. <laughs> I'm thinking, what what are you trying to achieve there? You know, you've got four Belgian players who are ready at a moment's notice for a forty yard ball over the top and they'll go sprinting for it. But he's stood like, you know, having a chat with goalkeeper and you're thinking, hang on, what? why are you even there? You're not you're not it's not like a defender's gonna drop twenty yards and go, I better pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, he he was particularly poor. Um Martinez said after the game, sort of basically the only thing you really can say, sort of, it's a win. You got to grow into the tournament. I suppose Belgium still do have an opportunity to grow, teams do grow into tournaments, but at the yeah. moment, if I found my, if I found myself having to play Belgium anytime soon, I would not be losing any sleep over it. No, absolutely not. If England came up against uh, Belgium now, I'd just be saying to to Southgate, right. Give Rashford a start, put Sterling in, put Saka in, uh, and just get Jude Bellingham to hit forty-yard balls over the top. Because that yeah. none of them, none of that Belgian backline are getting anywhere near them three. Same for same for any team with any sort of pace, and I think that's why Canada had such good doing it because the pace that they had. Yeah, with Jonathan team, David and Alfonso Davis, you've got there's pace in that team. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of other players as well. Uh, okay. uh, Larin, I think it was, was his name. Alrin, who, who was he, he seemed to have a particularly good game as well. Um, but yeah, if you're a Canada fan tonight, you you must be 
proud, but at the same time, absolutely astonished that you've not managed to nick a goal in that game. I mean, they can still cling on to the fact that the game this morning has obviously gone quite well for them in it being a draw. and There's no team that's pulled massively away from them with three points. They've only yeah. they've only, they've only conceded one goal, so their goal difference hasn't taken hammering. They've got some chances. They put some of them away. They could have some joy against Morocco or Croatia, couldn't they? It's not impossible. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I think that I think the same applies for Belgium. You know, as bad as they were, they must be looking at that tonight, thinking, "Wow, not only have we got away with one, the the other game was a draw." Yeah, they've got the opposite effect, haven't they? They yeah, really yeah. have got away with it. Yeah, and I think I think tonight as well. I must admit, I went into this tournament thinking Canada Canada have done really well just to be here. You know, every, everyone was hyped that you know Canada were going to appear at a World Cup by default because they were sharing it. They're sharing the next one, aren't they? Yeah. But the fact that they've you know, sort of turn around to the world and gone. Absolutely not. We're not just going to make up the numbers because we're hosts. We're we're here and we and we're going to show you that we can play. So, all credit for that. Yeah, uh, I am. Um, I just think with Canada, I think that they're they're starting eleven is going. I think it's just to see at the end that it's their their benches and I've I've noticed like especially the games today, Japan the bench made a huge difference. Their subs, their, their yeah, bench is actually yeah. stronger than. I think they're starting eleven. Like Minamino came on, and you just think, why is he? Why is he not starting? And I think Belgium. I think that's how they sort of got back into it at the end. You know, Canada's just lost their energy. Spain, their 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 subs bench is very good. They carried on their pressure. Mm-hmm. I think um, that will be interesting for the yeah. Rest of the I think team. I think it. I think that takes us full circle and links back to Nathan's original point at the beginning of the pod around the pressing like Canada were again sort of high yeah. energy pressing but they couldn't that intensity isn't isn't there for 90 minutes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's very it's very high risk high reward and if you can get the job done early fantastic you know if you can get your nose in front even better you know uh, like I said Saudi Arabia did it Japan you know Morocco lots of teams have had big success with it but you can see the drop off is enormous it yeah. is enormous Cool. Well, that that ends today's games. Let's quickly just give our predictions for tomorrow's games. We start off Group G, ten o'clock, Switzerland, Cameroon. What? Do, who do we fancy there, guys? I've got no idea. Draw. Yeah, I think without being too too disrespectful, does does anybody care? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say one 0 Switzerland, and Jack is going to score an absolute thunder goal from forty yards. Yeah. I think uh one nil Cameroon. Oh. Oh, we're split. This is one cool. of one of us is right. <laughs> yeah. Uh we'll still give you the credit, Neff, even if it isn't a Jacques Thunderbolt. Yes, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> um and then Group H, three o'clock uh, one o'clock, sorry, we've got Jesse's Uruguay against South Korea. Um, I don't know about. I haven't followed what Son's fitness is going to be like for South Korea. You'd have to expect that even if he is back, he's going to be a little bit rusty. Yeah, yeah. I think um, again, I, th- I think it's another tough one to call. I think South Korea could do a bit of a Japan. You know, uh, high energy, fun to watch, good team cohesion, and maybe win as a team. Right up until uh, right up until Uruguay kick the shit out of them. Well, yeah, until yeah. Until that first tackle goes in after ten minutes, and they go, "I don't fancy that." Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Jesse, I'm gonna go with Uruguay. I think. 
I think that so much of it is of South Korea's success will rest on on the ability of Son, and I, I'm not expecting him to at least, definitely not come out when the first game sort of firing. I will go draw, but I think that's a good trade. I think it all depends on Son. I think I think even with Son, I think Uruguay they just I see them as a team that just do well in tournaments, and I think they will again. Yeah, that's a good trade. Um. Then at four o'clock we have got um, Portugal versus Ghana. I mean, Portugal are so bad they play players who don't even have clubs now. So <laughs> that you know that genuinely could overshadow their entire World Cup. That that really could derail them. Um, don't think it will, but it, it's definitely a possibility. I think you're right because I saw that there was a lot of talk pre World Cup when they met up for the first time in training. I saw there was that clip on the internet of. Uh, Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes meeting yeah. in the changing rooms. Yeah, and there was yeah. a lot of talk about apparently it was there was stuff that we didn't know about and it was out of context. But Bruno doesn't even look him in the eye. No, yeah, yeah, Very doesn't cool. even meet his gaze. It didn't feel to me that there was some sort of joke going on there and something that was unknown. That felt like an awkward. I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. there was another clip as well, weren't there, on the training pitch where Ronaldo goes over to I think it's Cancelo. And tries to sort of like you know have a little play around me and grabs him around the back of the head and Cancelo's like absolutely not just just get away from me I don't want anything to do with you now whether Cancelo was having a bad training session or whether he just thinks Ronaldo is the worst sportsman in the world then Ghana as well Ghana are one of them teams who in previous World Cups they've turned up you know yeah. they've, they, they they've they've brought some quality so. I honestly think it depends on which Ghana turn up. If they turn up and play, I can see Ghana nicking a, nicking a result there. That's what I want, so I'm going to go with what I want. <laughs> what I are we think, feeling? I think, um, I think, I think Portugal. And I think actually Ghana are the the lowest ranked team in the at the tournament in the world ranking. Oh wow, that's surprising. They're they're sixty they're sixty first, so they're even lower than Qatar. Never and Costa Rica, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I still think Portugal, the, the quality they have, they'll they'll win. Okay, and finally, uh, seven o'clock. We've got a lot of people's favourites: Brazil versus Serbia. Hard, diff- that's a difficult opening game for Brazil. Uh, just yeah, I think it it smacks of Germany, Japan. Not, not to keep going back to that game, but Japan is a tricky, tricky opening game. You don't want to play them first, do you? And I think Serbia, very much in the same mould. It's not a game that I'd want to be my first game in the tournament. No, again, we talk about Uruguay, because this just strikes me as a game where Neymar tries one step over too many and ends up... Injured. Well, someone's going to take offence for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, someone's definitely taken offence to that. Have, um, having, having said all of that, I still, yeah, I'm about to say exactly the same. All of the, I agree with everything you said, Nathan, and still I'm going to pick Brazil to win. Absolutely, yeah. They just look like, I mean, I, I picked Argentina at the start of the tournament, and I'm going to stick with that, but Brazil look like the real deal. They look like they've got a real good team. Yeah, yeah right up in, yeah, but Marquinhos will be injured. He's, he doesn't stay fit. I've never seen that man play two consecutive games. I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's physically possible. Is Mitrovic playing? Is he, is, am I right in thinking he's Serbian? He is Serbian, yeah. You can't you can't not say he's not going to grab a goal against anyone, can you? So 
Who knows? But def- yeah, Brazil. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to dissuade myself. But Brazil. He he normally prefers it against championship level opposition. I'm not sure that the Brazil national team is quite championship level. No, but he's he's, he's been all right this season. Champions yeah. League. A lot of Brazil players playing there. I, I, I'm going to go for. What a, you say, Jared? Come. I'm going to go for a ah, just to be just. To be you're bra- you're brave. <laughs> you're braver than Nathan and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all to come tomorrow. Um, so that's enough for us to wrap it up there. So I'll say thank you very much, Jared. Cheers, thank you. And thanks, Nathan. Cheers, guys. Thank you. And always remember to have your man on the post. Hey!